Hi, welcome to Claybrook Chats with Barb. As we sit here in Claybrook and chat, I will introduce you to some of my creative and interesting friends who live in a small community in Northeastern Ohio. Hopefully as we chat, you'll learn something new or educational, maybe humorous, but always positive. My goal is to have you pause at the end and say, wow, I didn't know that. And just maybe you will tell some of your friends and family about it and come back and listen to my next Claybrook chat. Talk to you later. Bye. Hello, Claybrook chat fans. Today, you will be learning about a group of people who have not only a unique hobby, but also help protect us in case of a community emergency or disaster. I am talking to Dave Kibler and Will Orts, who are members of the East Palestine Amateur Radio Club right here in East Palestine. This chat was loaded with lots of, gee, I didn't know that moments for me, so I am sure you will find this quite interesting. Well, hello. Hi, Dave and Will. And um, you're here from the East Palestine Amateur Radio Club. And you've stopped by. Thank you very much for stopping by to talk to me about the Amateur Radio Club here in East Palestine, which I really don't know very much about, but I am learning fast. So before we get started on teaching me all about amateur radio, radioing, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your background? Um, you know, where did you go to school? Were you interested in this before? So, Will, you want to go first? Sure. Hi, Barb. Hi. Name is uh, Will Orts. I live in Petersburg, Ohio. Went to Springfield. Go Tigers. <laughs> we won't hold that against you, right? <laughs> I have many friends here. Uh, I had an interest in amateur radio at an early age, and uh, a friend moved to Georgia. His dad says, well, I guess you're going to get your license now, and uh, he helped me get my novice license so we could communicate. That was back when cell phones were really expensive. Mm. But uh, yeah, I just always had an interest in electronics. Later on in life, I did a lot of uh, electrical work. I started a little business called CW Communications. I worked for uh, another company. We built crane panels and things like that. And uh, I don't know, just always had that interest in the science part of it. Great. And Dave, but what about you? Well, I graduated from East Palestine, lived here all my life. Uh, I have two years of college at YSU and I've, I'm retired. I retired after 28 years at uh, Pittsburgh Tube down in Darlington. I got my first ticket back in 1966. I was 10 years old. A fellow, this may, the name may sound familiar to some people, Orrin Seidel. Oh, I remember him, yes. Taught me the code and gave me my novice test. And of course, back then, the licenses were only good for two years for a novice. Mm -hmm. And then it expired because I was still in school and had other activities. Mm -hmm. But I later retook the test and I moved back up through the uh, ranks from novice all the way up to extra. And back then, you needed the CW to get your license, Morse code, to get a license. So it's, I've been around a while. Wow. You'd be a good person if we got into a spy movie situation, since <laughs> you know Morse code. <laughs> I forgot. 
forgot a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what is the East Palestine Amateur Radio Club? Um, you know, it has a history, I believe, from East Palestine. And, um, you know, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, the club, it has a very rich history. It goes way back. Um, I've heard stories, especially with uh, Cy, uh, during the war, he would send code and have to stop and then send code again because if he kept continuously transmitting, he was being bombed. He did that later in life, even when the war was over. And there's just, there's so much history of all these different folks. Um, there was um, several locations. The Rockenbergers had a, a clubhouse there, a tower. They had a clubhouse on Jimtown Hill. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had a repeater over on the, the Turnpike in New Springfield. We moved from there to George's again, um, up to Dave's temporarily so we could keep transmitting. Uh, it's been around a long time, but there's just so many names. And uh, I've, I've been president for probably about 20 years because I was the youngest one. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I got my, my ticket and I heard these guys on two meters, uh, WABUK, I heard, and Doc and Butch and Ann. And I thought, wow, that's really neat. So I joined in. I, they told me they're having a meeting at the library. I went down and joined. And next thing you know, I think I was secretary, then treasurer. And then next thing was like somebody needed to be president. I think Dave and I have been president, vice president for like ever. <laughs> Yeah, you both have mentioned about getting your ticket. Mm -hmm. uh, what does that mean? Getting your license. Getting your license. Yeah. Okay, it's called your ticket then. Okay. Right. I thought maybe you got a ticket for yeah. doing something wrong or whatever. <laughs> and it was started because a group of people had mm -hmm. common interests Correct. to. It just. The club was founded back in 46 after World War II. A lot of them, the guys coming back from World War II were either in the Signal Corps or they were radio men for the Navy. And of course, they already were had the prerequisite Morse code. And then they come back and then they took their test, became amateurs. And uh, the club was founded by the original group of uh, veterans from World War II. Oh, that came back home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's there was a lot of names and more than I can have time to mention. But uh, they they were the founding fathers of this radio club. And through the years, their families have continued to carry the torch mm -hmm. and it's continued to grow. So it's well, uh, just a, a little side note there. I just finished a podcast with George Rockenberger and his yeah. wife and I went out and took some pictures and they were showing me some of the mm -hmm. memorabilia that they have with right. radios and military equipment and things a like lot that. Of it so. probably came from his uncle Bill's garage. Yes. Yes. He told me about that. Mm -hmm. So they were huge, that family and keeping the radio club going mm -hmm. with offering a place for a tower equipment, things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. George was the original caretaker of the machine which is the repeat we call the repeater the, repeater. the machine okay um and then when he didn't want to do it anymore i picked up the reins 
And so I've been doing the repeater for quite a while, uh-huh. quite a while. Okay. So uh, what does an amateur radio member do? Um, how do you join? How much does it cost? Uh, meetings, trainings? What if, if I had, if I were somebody out there listening and I thought, I'd like to get into that, mm-hmm. what do I need to do? Well, you have to be licensed through the FCC. So you would take, you would study some classes. You can do it online. You can use books. You might have someone what we would call an Elmer to help you. Mm-hmm. And um, Bob Menser was my Elmer in Petersburg. Mm-hmm. Orange Seidel was mine. There uh-huh. you go. Sorry. Somebody is a mentor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to join a club. You can just get your license and as soon as you're licensed, you can start operating. Okay. Um, but like if you get in a club, like our club, it costs $20 for the year for membership. That's very reasonable. That's very yes. reasonable. And that helps to keep the lights on. So, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, what else, Dave? Well, we have our new radio room up there. Mm-hmm. And being a member, if you don't have any high frequency radios, our radio room is up there for those who can, so they can use it. The members can use it, you know, at any time. Oh, so, so they, they can, can go in there and practice. They can get on sure. the radio there, yes. Oh, okay. And that new uh, place is on Route 14. Right. Mm-hmm. Where, let's let's do uh, old country directions, where the roadhouse used to where be. The old, before it burned down, right? We're in the back building. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, what kind of um, what kind of control do you have? Who are you controlled by the county or the state or the federal government or uh, as far as restrictions or licensing or? We're self controlled, self governed. Um, we elect our trustees. We elect our president, vice president, and we're responsible for ourselves. Okay. We do help, you know, the county you know, at times when necessary during emergencies, but only other people that we answer to would be the Federal Communications Commission. Other than that, we govern ourselves. And they're the ones who issue the license. Exactly. So what kind of training or how long would it take me to uh, study, to go through all of these steps? Uh, Like the first level is what? Technician. Technician. Mm -hmm. Actually, it just depends on how ambitious you are and excited. Um, you could do it in a week to two weeks. Okay. Um, you, if you could read the book and really understand the theory behind radio, and then take, you can take practice tests. Mm-hmm. You, you really, a couple of weeks, you could learn how to get right. your license, your first license. Yeah. yeah. And then Absolutely. that entitles me to do what? It entitles you to a certain area on the band as far as where you can operate you get certain privileges okay. and with the higher license class you get more privileges and which is more band, bandwidth you know bandwidth okay and and bandwidth is more frequencies you can use okay so okay. more right. freedom to go out and talk to right more people more spectrum most yes. people start with their technician's license and they're on two meters which is more of a local communications where you could use either simplex so i could talk to dave back and forth radio to radio or i could talk to him if i was in the middle town i could hit the repeater talk to him and he's palestine 
it's more of a more local. Um, as you increase your license class now or getting into fun stuff where you can talk more worldwide. Yeah. Wow. yeah. You get uh, slow scan television. I've ran slow scan television. Uh, and the higher bands up in the UHF bands, they run normal scan TV. Now they're even running high def TV up in the UHF bands. Wow. Okay. Do um, I've heard you mention Morse code. Do mm -hmm. we have to learn Morse code still? You do not have to learn it. It's not required now with the new technician's license. Um, years ago, like when I took my novice, I think it was five words a minute then, but then they eliminated it to try and get more people interested, make it a little easier. And uh, although there, it's still CW operators, it's, it's, they enjoy it. Uh -huh. and some folks don't, but some well, it's folks It's part do. of its history. It is. And I enjoy it. I enjoy CW. I was talking to a, a younger guy, much younger, and I said something about Morse code and I got the response of, what? What is Morse code? And I said, you know, like the Cowboys and the Indians, whenever they were taking the stuff out West and they, the wagon train was going by and they send Morse code, to, you know, and, and it's like blank. <laughs> so Morse code, I think is pretty much gone from the agenda for most people around here. Young. Well, not necessarily. Yeah. It's actually a lost art. Yes. Uh -huh. at, at our field day, we just had uh, a young lady, sending CW for field day and she's pretty good at it. So it's something that's fun to do. And uh, I think it's coming back more and more, to be honest. Yes, it well, is. when I talked to Janet Rockenberger the other day, she remembered dot, dot, dash, dot. Sure. She goes, that's what this means. And I sure. said, oh my gosh, it's she like was just rattling it off there. <laughs> and I thought, wow. So um, if I go and I join and I take my test and I get my ticket, Ticket, you and then I am so ambitious. I keep moving up and passing all my tests. Uh, what kind of equipment do I need? What do I, where do I go or what do I buy? <laughs> the sky's the limit. Okay. Um, <laughs> and like I was saying earlier, you can get a brand new radio for two meters for $19.95, $19.95. Yes. Wow. We try and help folks who are interested by lending them equipment or even giving them equipment because we have members who have passed that donate their radios to the club so they can be used. Uh, my, actually my wife, Connie, uh, KC8NZA and my son, Cody, KD8AEZ, he was 11 years old when he got his license. And the first thing that happened, the ham gave him a radio. So that's what, that's what it's about. Helping each other. If you're interested, yeah. we'll help you. But you can buy used equipment, um, but some of this new, new, the new equipment is really, you can get it very reasonable. Oh. So that's basically the same price as like a walkie talkie mm -hmm. more or less. And it's yeah. going to do the same thing kind of, but at a higher level. Correct. Okay. The more in depth that you want to go with the different, uh, types of, uh, modes, which are like sideband, uh, FM, digital. The more the more you want to get in depth to it, the more expensive the equipment gets, of course. Uh -huh. And a lot of people run digital now, and which is FT8, which is computer hooked to the radio, 
and they download to the person they're talking to has a computer and then they uh, talk back and forth with the computer. It's like your own wow. personal internet. Just got, it's pretty amazing. My own personal internet. Wow. Just it's simple. It's similar to uh, sending text messages over the on your cell phone. It's just, it's just like that. And some are even able to send pictures. Oh my goodness. So it's, it's a very viable hobby too, you know. Wow. Okay. Um, you mentioned ham, ham operators. Um, that is a legitimate or you're, you're a ham radio mm -hmm. operator. Um, some of the research that I did, I came across some way, way, way a long time ago. Ham was a derogatory term used to describe non-professional people who were right. venturing into this. But that has since, that's not a bad thing if I refer to you as ham operators or is that ham radios? Perfectly fine. I, in my mind, I was envisioning a ham radio. Let's see, a can of spam with an antenna. Yeah, close. <laughs> no, ham is a. We we're fine with being a ham, an amateur radio operator. Uh, Dave, you tell them what you don't want to be. Well, this as long as somebody doesn't call you a lid, which is loud, inconsiderate, and disrespectful. Lid. Lid. Okay. Yep. I'll have to remember that if somebody starts calling me that I'll know, Oh, that's not a good thing. Right. <laughs> so you have your own language too there. Oh right? yes. Uh -huh. So when you call somebody, and, mm -hmm. um, do you actually chat with them or is it just the communication link? Could be either, either one, like in a say field day, we're just trying to relay information really fast. Uh, maybe the number of stations they have, what state they're in, their call sign. That's all we're looking for. But other times you're just just like we are now. You're Same. talking about the weather. This would be called a rag chew. Yes. A rag? Rag. Rag, rag, chew. rag chew. We're in one right now, a rag chew. Oh, That's all we're doing. Cool. <laughs> and you can have multiple operators in a rag chew just Same. hanging out and talking. Like a regular conversation. Sure. You meet people. You meet people all around the world and you can have a schedule with them, meet them once a week on a certain frequency. And it's really amazing what you can do. Uh -huh. Like I said before, the sky's kind of the limit. Yeah. Um, you mentioned field day. That was mm -hmm. one of my questions. I have heard about or read about field days. What is a field day? Well, field day is actually what we originally started to discuss. It runs for 30 hours and you set up your stations they some people go out into the field and in a tent in a vehicle set up a station there and that's where they run their field day at we're lucky enough to have an indoor studio station that we have we can have up to four operators running at one time and it's air conditioned and heated and that's where we operate from mm -hmm. but we do the same thing that those people out in the field which originally gave it the field day term. Okay. And the, it's like a challenge it's a, to yeah, it's see a how contest. many people can you talk it's a, to. It's a contest type. And there's other contests on ham bands and uh, various, you can get various certificates, um, QSL cards, which are basically a, a, uh, confirmation of contact and some of those cards are very very colorful mm -hmm. 
and sure. you get a certificate, an eight by eleven certificate. Mm -hmm. So is it uh, an individual thing or is it a club activity? Either it could be either. Okay, so I your mean, club could enter. As sure, a, sure. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's a lot of folks. It's it's about emergency communications as well. Trying to like we set up antennas, wire antennas, all kinds of different things. If something actually happened, we could run battery power, solar power, anything. And so that's leading kinda, me right into my next we're question. We're honing our skills is what yes. we're doing, yes. About, um, explain to me what your duties or what your job would be if there were some sort of a disaster or a an issue here in East Palestine. Well, depending on what the uh, disaster <clears throat> was, um, we could have been utilized during the recent train wreck, mm -hmm. but the communication network did not go down. If there was a tornado or other natural disaster that would take the communication network down, such as cell towers, police, fire, and all that, we would jump into action so we could relay traffic, which is messages from the police to the police, to the fire department, etc. And we can also, through the radio, contact EMA down in Lisbon for direction and relay information to them over the radio. Wow, that's an important job. Mm -hmm. And I'll bet a lot of people didn't realize right. that that is something <clears throat> that you have capability to do. They might think that you just sit there and play with your radio mm -hmm. and No, there's public service people. involved in it, too. Uh -huh. Well, that's very reassuring mm -hmm. to know that you're right up the street from me, too. <laughs> And we've, we've operated our field day different locations. Uh, we've operated in New Middletown up at a lake there. I've, I've been on the fire department in Springfield Township. This is 43 years as a volunteer firefighter. And we have had the chief come in, police officers, different things to see what we're doing just to, so they can, if needed, uh -huh. they know we're out there. So you work with the police EMS, and the fire yes, and, you know, yes, as a... Absolutely as a little outside assistance mm -hmm. right there. Probably right across those areas yes. too. And some of those uh, safety service people, they're also amateur operators mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And that helps because then they can actually go to ground zero and relay stuff out to us that we can relay on. So it's not all about um, I don't know. I guess in my mind, I have this vision of a person sitting in front of a whole lot of black boxes with a microphone in their house. But you have handhelds here. You have one laying in Just front like of me. Um, you would go out and I connect. I have one wherever. in my car. We, a lot of us have them in our vehicles. Uh huh. So, so is, is it somehow tied into the old CB radios? Is that a that's a different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. That's a little bit. Um, a lot of folks that used to be in the CVs, you don't need technically. You don't need a license, right? Uh, <laughs> so there is a little bit of. Uh, there's a line there. <laughs> yeah, there's a line. <laughs> a very broad line. We, we call it the chicken band. <laughs> okay. And then, is there a professional level above you or below you? I mean, you. How far can you go? in this field um, license wise you can go to amateur extra license class and uh, that's the top license class and like i had told you before the amateur service is right below the actual commercial broadcast service 
and of course commercial they get paid we cannot take money for anything oh okay no, we're not allowed to be paid for anything mm -hmm. i mean we can take have our club collect our dues to keep fundraisers the, things like right, that to keep the club going yes we can do that but, but you can't charge for your services absolutely not no oh okay well i didn't know that we volunteer so, our time yeah yeah, a lot of us volunteer our time a lot for a lot of different things, but obviously you love it. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a very interesting hobby. It keeps you growing and learning. Learning, yes, and that keeps your brain active, which keeps mm -hmm. you healthy. So, um, okay, um, is there anything? What if? Uh, how often do you have your meetings? We have our meetings once a month. Um, it's the first. Tuesday of the month at six o'clock. And that's the old um, roadhouse property in unity. Mm -hmm. And on that me on our meeting nights is when we give we can administer tests through our club, because mm -hmm. we have licensed volunteer examiners. And we can give the tests right there at the club online, we just went to doing them online, mm -hmm. that you can sit there, take the test online under us watching them you and yeah. it goes into the computer and it grades it and you get your license within was it an hour they issue the call uh, yes. that's definitely quicker than what yeah. the old way was well, right the old way was <laughs> paper and send it through the mail to the fcc yeah. and it, it was like <clears throat> an eight week wait but now it's it's almost instantaneous and now. times have changed yeah. mm -hmm. And you, you would be on the computer on the FCC website, seeing if your call came out or your name. And it was a pretty big deal when that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> Is that when they give you your ID number or your call, call sign? sign yes. call sign. Um, mm -hmm. And do they just randomly make them up or can you ask for certain? You can ask for a certain call, but they are generated per area. They have a system that they use okay so if like, it's kind of like an area code or a zip code that the, the, the numerical part of it uh designates a certain district they originally only gave you like our district is designated by eight and if you lived in this district you you got an eight in your call you couldn't have another district's number but now that they've changed the rules you can have I could have a one in my call, uh -huh. so it, it's it used to be a, 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 a designator of where you were at, mm -hmm. but now you can't really tell. It's just mm -hmm. well, I noticed that every time you've said someone's name, you've said their number. Right? Yeah, uh, your call sign. Yeah. I have you, trouble it, remembering people's names, talk, let alone letters. Sometimes and we don't even say the first name; we just say the guy's call. Yeah. Well, I remember yeah. chuckling about reading your minutes one time, your newspaper article about your meeting. And it was like, W something, something, uh, <laughs> called the meeting to order and so and so something else approved. And I'm like, who are they? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, your call sign is a big deal. You uh -huh. worked hard to get it and uh, you're proud of it. Mm -hmm. You know what that I mean? That becomes your second name. Yeah, it's just, I, it's obviously, like a nickname, it's... Yeah quite interesting to do. Well, and it is a big accomplishment and it's a big responsibility. So on behalf of the people in East Palestine who don't even know you exist, I thank you for what you do. Well, thank, thank you for you. having and us. And I yes. hope you never have to do it. Um, 
you know, other than just keep practicing because, you know, there have been, I remember whenever there was a tornado here and mm -hmm. it knocked things out, but we depend an awful lot on our cell phones and our internet. If anybody has a police scanner, they can monitor our repeater if they wish. Uh -huh. And the frequency for our repeater on two meters is 146.775. That's the one that has the most activity on it, and they will hear us on there talking locally. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's basically, quote, the CB band of amateur uh, radio. Okay. <laughs> but we don't want to talk about CBs. No. <laughs> and we all did it, so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You all played yeah. with it, yeah, I'm all, sure. That's probably so. where we started and got interested. A lot of CBs. people got started. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And said, I like this. I'm, I'm yeah. more involved. So very good. Well, thank you so much for stopping to chat with me today. This has been very enlightening. And I have a lot of, gee, I didn't know that moments. Mm -hmm that I can talk about now. So uh, anything else you want to add? Do you want to see if you can bring the repeater up real quick? We'll We're going to try that. Channel mode. This is our repeater. We'll see if we can bring it up. KC8JKC listening. W-A-G-N-N. That's our repeater identifying. If there was somebody out there right now and heard me, they're going to call back. Yeah. And then you would be linked with them yeah. regarding Alpha Charlie three, Juliet Delta. There you go. <laughs> Alpha Charlie three, Juliet Delta. This is KCHJKC. How are you, sir? <laughs> We're going to get that straight sometime. That's really difficult because Chris's call sign is really close to mine. <laughs> I am Alpha Charlie three, Juliet Delta, Delta, Delta. And my first name is Doug. So you can remember that. Doug, just Doug. He's down in JD. Chippewa. Oh, he's in Chippewa. JD. Chris, my friend from uh, Cranberry, oh, is meet them. Yep. Juliet Tango. Around. I can picture Chris doing a tango. Um, so <laughs> now that we got that, tell me your call sign, please, slowly. Yes, Doug, this is Will. Whiskey and Elimelema. KC8JKC with the East Palestine Club. They're good to hear you. We were just doing a demo for a podcast. So you're famous now, sir. He's, he's going to be on the podcast now. So. <laughs> well, wow, I didn't want to say all that on a podcast. KC8JKC, this is Alpha Charlie 3, Juliet Delton. It's certainly a pleasure to talk with the president. Tell him we're going to be logging off now. So. Awesome. KCHJKC will be clear. Thank you. All right. Well, that was a good way to end this. So guys, thank you so much for coming. This has been very, very enlightening to me. So thank you, Dave and Will, for educating us about being an amateur radio operator and an emergency volunteer. If anyone is interested in contacting their organization, you can search for East Palestine Amateur Radio Club W8GMM using Facebook Messenger. They meet on the first Tuesday of each month in their building on Route 14 in Unity. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed learning about this fairly unknown but very important service organization. Talk to you next Tuesday. Happy trails!